Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. Well, guess this is a Say What show. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> Welcome to the show. It is July 15th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard. And um, Mona's here, Mona Radler. And we're not exactly sure if, I don't know if he got back or not. Walt was having a problem with his sound. He couldn't hear us. We could hear him. So hopefully he'll get that taken care of shortly. So, uh, Dolly, you want to say hi to the audience and your co-hosts? Dolly, are you muted? No, I couldn't get my darn cursor to move. Oh. Hello, everybody. Isn't this a wonderful day? We're all back together again, and that always makes me happy. <laughs> and um, I'm just discovering, I was trying to type... When I type in the chat, it shows up blue. Yeah, I know. They they did something. It it it's it was really screwed up this morning. But it's at least usable. People can communicate. But yes, that's something that we didn't do. It was something Skype did. I mean, chat did. Oh, boy! I wish they'd let us know so. I don't get all panicky thinking, oops, I didn't get that fixed. <laughs> well, you think you're panicky when I first tried to upload images, they wouldn't upload. Oh, no. So, Sheesh. I mean, it was like, I Derek has looked at it, and, you know, anyway, it is it is what it is. So, I, well, I don't apologize, because I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's not your fault, yeah. Not my fault. <laughs> I'll take a, I'll take, I'll, you know, I grew up in a family of 10, and when I was a kid, I was the oldest, I realized that when my father was going bonkers over something, mo mostly it was like, who drank the last of the milk, right? That was the one that always got there, you know? And uh, I noticed that if he, if nobody admitted to it, he would really get enraged, and I didn't even drink milk, but when he would ask a question, I said, oh, I'm sorry, Dad, I did. <laughs> and it would just diffuse him. So I'm an adult, and but Dad, I don't know, he's probably 80 by then, said, who drank the last of the milk? And three adult people went, I did. <laughs> because my siblings had learned the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> admit to it but it was a great lesson because it's true going through life you know if something's gone wrong I'll, I'll gladly say well I think maybe I was a problem let's look at it you know because it diffuses you know and somebody admits oh okay you admitted it okay well let's fix it but if everybody denies it you know that's what, well, like the coke in the white house <laughs> oh, yeah. you know I mean, anyway, Mona, you want to say hello to the audience? I'm in blue. I'm in blue. You're in blue, too? Yeah, I think the person that answers or says something, that goes in blue. So you're seeing yourself in blue, whereas everybody else is white. Right. You're yeah. saying that, that, oh, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> 
you know. I don't know. Maybe we just have to get used to it. But, um, yeah, so Walt's still not here, huh? You mean he's not here? Uh-oh. Well, we can sort of hear you. Uh, you don't sound like you're on the microphone. You sound like you might be coming over the computer. It is here. No, you need to be louder. It's, it's like you're not talking into the mic. Or it's not picking you up loud enough. Check your check and see if you've got yourself plugged in right. Okay, you work on that and talk when you get something you want to check or something. Um, the cocaine in the... Okay, no. Well, I can't help you out because we can't hardly hear you. It's a, Oh, God. I had it turned up so I could hear him moan. He almost blew my Okay. What about oh, there you go. Oh, wait a minute. Fuck. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, Perfect. two, three. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. What was it? <clears throat> I had to unplug and plug back in the uh, Yeti. This thing, Yeti, it hates it every time the machine goes into uh, sleep mode. It doesn't actually go to sleep. It just turns off. So I have to completely power down the system. Then it will wake up. Well, this has happened before. Yeah. So and I've written, I've written to them and asked them, what is the solution to this? Nobody cares. Well, Nobody yeah. answers my question. So. <laughs> well, yes, but, you know, maybe you don't want to put it into sleep. Why would you put it into sleep? Why are you putting your machine into sleep instead of turning it off? Well, instead of... Wasting electricity for countless hours. That's why I put it to sleep But why don't you just turn it off? Okay, I guess I'll, I'll do that. I just I mean, I'm, just, I'm just wondering I always turn it off. Am I doing something wrong? No, 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 no. I always just turn it off But anyway Because when when I turn it off to turn it on, it takes forever to run through the waking up series. Really? Uh, I get this. I I just get impatient. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Nancy, which White House was it found in? All of them. You guys, you guys keep saying that it's not the White House. I keep looking at. The live pictures, and I see nobody on the roof. I don't see any guards. I don't see any missiles, and and you know, think well. The missiles were hidden under camouflage, and you know, like a something on the roof, like a, a machine thing on the roof. But you know, there's nothing there that would make me think that this is a really, you know, that this is the White House being used. And yet, I am baffled by the fact that you would have so many people that knew it was a phony White House. I, that, I just can't understand it. But then I see the movie Oppenheimer and the, and the whole development of the atomic bomb. And there was like, 
I don't know, thousands and thousands of people that were involved in this thing, and it never got, it was never released. The secret was a secret right up until the time they put it on Hiroshima. So I just, but it's just baffles. I mean, I, I can't keep a secret. Good Lord. I would have, good thing they didn't tell me because I'd have spilled it to the whole world. I'd have gotten out there on radio and I would have said, you know what, the White House might be a fake. <laughs> we may not look at, be looking at the real White House. I don't know, Dolly. But, um, you know, and again, if this is theater, then this is just very funny. Because you've got the crackhead son of the president who... It's He's just made, not the president. Okay, to to the make-believe we're talking about. To the about, mafia that took over. We're talking about the story. It's just a story. Okay, so you got the, the, the crackhead, admittedly a crackhead, uh, who's, you know, got a, a just made a settlement concerning a legal situation that if he is found with drugs, it, that goes away. Okay, so that plea deal that he made will go away if they find he's been involved in drugs. <laughs> so now you find a bag full of cocaine that was first over here, first in the library. God, it sounded like that that game they played. It was first in the library, then it was on the West Wing, and then it was on the East Wing. And it, then it moved to outside the Situation Room where all the big people get there and meet and make the decisions that screw us and uh you know it's like it's just it's just the strangest and then the, the secret service investigates and say they don't have enough evidence i don't know how you don't have dna on that bag or at least a partial fingerprint you may not have cameras supposedly in that area there's no cameras but you do have the logs, you can find out. And they said, well, there was 500 people that the uh, Secret Service would have to investigate. So you might want to start, you know, investigating. And one one commentator said, well, th this is easy. You just get them all in a big, you know, hall and you say, who wants to who wants to party? And whoever puts up their hand is the guy that wants, you know, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> So, I mean, the whole thing is just bizarre. And everybody came out and said, they'll never find the person that did it, you know. And people are out there saying, it's obviously Hunter, you know. Or Joe. Donald Trump said, could be Hunter, it could be Joe. <laughs> oh, no, this is, this my, is like... My question was, was, which White House... It wasn't the real one. <laughs> I don't think it matters. It's all, I'm just telling you the story that's out there, Dolly. I'm not telling you what's true or not. I'm saying that, you know, whoever's writing this script is now into comedy. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Left after all the places they found it, you'd think somebody <laughs> should be sh snorting it. <laughs> this is just insane, you know. Oh, my God. And we still don't know how big a bag it is. Right. You know, it's like that makes a lot of difference on who might be behind it. Is it just one of those small bags? Not that I've ever seen one, but there might be a small bag. Then there could be a big bag. How much cocaine was there? <laughs> just like 
Oh my lord. Too funny. So, um... Okay, so... Did any... Talk about something. Now that we've got you on the call. What was it? He fixed my computer. Yay! <laughs> no, do I have... Do I have to look up on my phone to see what you said to me, Walt? You said you wanted to talk about something other than Janine. Oh, I, 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 I offered uh, to talk about ESP. I don't know if it interests anybody. Emotional freedom technique, which is a, is a, is a healing modality. Well, let's go for it. Yeah. By, by the, uh, the creator is, uh, um, well, sorry, Gary Craig. I don't know if you know his name. I'll take any help at this point. <laughs> so, uh, is that what you want to talk about? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, tell, okay. us, oh, tell us okay. more. Oh, okay. 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 I have to break it into two parts because the first uh, uh, modality that he developed, uh, I don't know how many years ago this is, was emotional freedom technique. E EVT, Emotional Freedom Technique. Uh, I learned of it from uh, a friend of ours who's a psychotherapist, and he he's the one from whom I learned uh, the 15-step process. And at the time, we had just arrived in Minnesota. I think it was, the, it was 2003. And uh, we had a really... Uh, it, let's let's say it for what it is. It was nothing less than a traumatic experience in dealing with that re relatives of ours that uh, we never knew in Argentina. We only met them here. Uh, it was really bad, and it uh, it really affected my mom, mother, especially emotionally. And uh, when uh, we were and I I forget if we were in a meeting or we were visiting him, but uh, when we told Eric how she was faring with this she he said well have you ever tried the emotional freedom technique and he said no i've never heard of it so then he goes on to explain how it's a way to address um emotional issues but the the problem with the with the emotional issues that talking about it doesn't do much because you're not addressing the energy in the body uh, uh, emotional freedom technique is actually addressing the the fact that your energy the the problem with the emotional when you when you're having a traumatic event is that it, it actually it's it's kind of let's, let's put it in simple term it's a way it's a way to scramble your the wires in your body you actually have it's like having a, a short circuit and it's, and it's scrambling your your meridians so that's the reason why you're having this issue. Once you clear that, uh, it, it, the problem goes away. So, but instead of talking about it for hours on end for years, like why, the way the traditional <laughs> psychotherapists do it, which little progress, if any, uh, emotional freedom technique is it's very it it works very quickly because what you're doing is you're uh, you're fixing the energy condition of all the meridians in the, in the body. Uh, you, you're not wasting time analyzing or tracing, okay, where is the energy stuck in my body? 
where's the energy scrambled in my body? You don't, you're, not, you're not wasting time doing that. What you're doing is you're addressing all the 13 main uh, meridians that are a part of the energy system in the body, and you move the energy by tapping the, uh, the, the 13 different points in the body, so by doing that, you you get rid of this short circuit as a way as a way, uh, uh, and the problem and you don't have that issue anymore. Like uh, my mother couldn't get rid of this guy in, in her thoughts because she couldn't understand how someone could be so <laughs> goddamn evil and, and you know you can't say nice enough things for the, about this guy. Uh, but when she did uh, the practice, you know, uh, Eric walked her through it, how to, how to touch the 13 points in the body as you you recite, you, you look for a specific, um, he, he, you prepare yourself by uh, making a statement, which is actually geared to stop the self-sabotage alarm. Unfortunately, even, even the most positive people have this thing that where you sometimes at the subconscious level you will have uh, sabotaging tendencies uh, you get like you want this to work but oh I really don't think that it'll work or maybe it's, I, I've heard that maybe it doesn't so you there's this sub uh, subconscious dialogue that actually works at sabotaging you so in order to address that so it's not something that's going to affect you when you do the process uh, you you begin saying like for example uh, let's say your left shoulder hurts and you're going to work on that on that thing that's bothering you your left shoulder is hurting you are going to begin the before you tap any part of the body you're going to begin by by saying okay uh, even though my left shoulder hurts I love and accept myself completely so by saying that you're accepting it and therefore you're not putting any resistance to it you're not blocking it so uh, and then then you go about the, the business of I, I can't describe it here because you would need graphics to be able to describe all uh, the 13 points that, that, that the person can touch the different parts of the body but as they're doing that you're moving the energy in the body and therefore you are you are neutralizing that uh, energy that was stuck that kind of a short circuit kind of thing that you would say and uh, my mother, uh, she was so surprised. She wasn't sure that this was going to work at, at all. Uh, she did it twice. And by the second time, she, she realized she didn't even have to think of this guy. Even if she remembered uh, what, we, what happened with him and everything, it, it meant nothing to her. It was like she was hearing about this stranger. <laughs> and that's because that... Uh, blockage was gone so he goes on to the, to describe how the the problem with uh, negative emotions is it's like stuck energy in the body and that's why you're having this issue uh, affecting you it's like walking around with a short circuit in your in your body so because you don't know which circuit is uh, addressed he does it okay we're going to clear a hundred percent we're going to clear up all the circuits and we're going to, and, and that is going to get the energy moving. So it, it's a, it, it's an amazing process because 
there's no drugs involved and it's incredibly fast because you're not you're not in, in you don't need you know years of psychotherapy and oh let's revisit the event what happened and how it no you don't have to do any of that stuff it's just, it's just a job of uh correcting and moving that energy and once you once you do that uh so much gets every so much gets corrected because let's face it uh, the thing with the, the the body is that the bigger part of the body is the energy of it, the body that's that's the more the most important in fact if your energy goes out of whack is it affects even your all your senses like uh, for example you know that uh, uh, uh for example uh, okay uh People say, okay, you, you need, your nerves have to be in proper working order in order for you to feel anything. Yeah, but if you push away the etheric body, you don't, you don't feel anything. But that's how uh, anesthesia works. And, and the vibration of the anesthesia it wor works on a level su such as that it pushes the etheric body aside. So you can be, you know, living and have a, 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 a full, an open body surgery and don't have any pain, because of. So that's why, you know, the neurology is so important <laughs> because everything is energy. So you fix that and you fix everything. <laughs> so that's uh, that, that's what I'm and the and the and then and, and the process of reading the book at depth because I I watched I want to have a clear grasp of all the um all the uh, elements of the of the of the process the emotional freedom technique and that's one and the other is what he calls the unseen therapist the untherapist is an even more in an elaborate not elaborate but more sophisticated in a way because it's it's a way to get your own, uh, let's say your own internal spiritual guide, the one that works on healing your body, how to get uh, her and well, all of us we you know we kind of address her as as a she, not a he, <laughs> but to get her involved because all your issues, regardless of what they are. Uh, emotional physical whatever you may think oh but i just had this uh, I, I hit my knee what does this have to do believe it or not it has to do with emotional energy so not every everything everything that you have going wrong in your body can be traced the, to an emotional issue no matter how silly it sounds uh, so the uh, the uh, Unseen therapist technique actually teaches you how to uh, address the issues that you have and how to get your your internal guide involved. And when she does that, because she's got no ego, uh, she's got no limitations, so she knows all there is to know about your body. So the the only the only thing blocking her is if you don't give your permission that you want this addressed. That you want this issue corrected once and for all. As long as you have resistance, as long as you're coming up with excuses, oh, I have I have this issue because uh, my father never loved me, and, and and that's why. Well, as as long as you're holding on to that stuff, okay, she respects your free will. So if you 
choose to hold on to that garbage, well, yes, you're going to still have it in your life. But if you choose to move away from that, she can clear that in a, in a spot. Um, the uh, Not only the book, but like the, he's got a, a channel in, in the YouTube, and there's like a gazillion ta, ta stories and uh, testimonials of people that had encountered, uh, like for example, the first one that I saw was this lady that as, as time progressed, she kept losing her sight more and more. And uh, the doctor uh, said that uh, the only way to address this issue was with surgery. Her eyesight had to be undergo some kind of surgery in order to address this issue. And she didn't want to go through that. So, so she actually did, went through the practice and I, uh, she was interviewed by Gary and I, th I think she said that it was like 20 minutes that she spent through the process but during the process she requested the, her unseen therapist to hold her hand. She wanted to feel her hand in her hand know that she was being protected and it, she spent like 20 minutes I guess going through the process and uh, the, uh, as the day progressed and starting from the next day she regained her sight the doctors couldn't explain it because they were already scheduling her for a surgery and not no 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 surgery at all and just like that there is was like uh, for example this this that, this lady who had a, a major stroke she she in order to be able to even walk a couple of steps she needed two people assisting her uh, so the same thing she asked the help of her uh, unseen therapist and uh, it, it took I don't know how many tries it was but uh, by the time that she was done she was able to walk 5,000 meters I think this was in, in, in England she was able to walk to the beach um, where before she couldn't even <laughs> take a couple of steps and, uh, and when, when medicine tells you that now once you have nerve damage, no, you can't repair them, no, she got her eyes, I mean, she got her legs back and she was able to do the walking that she wanted. So just like that, there's tons of stories because it, it, it all comes down to addressing all that, all that emotional energy. It gets, and, 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 we, and remember, if we have trauma in other lives, guess what? We carry them over. Isn't that a great? Uh, isn't that a great uh, uh, gift? <laughs> we get it in the next life. Like my mother's uh, the, the shoulder, and she was a girl in the, in the 1500s in France. That's where the pain was coming from, from France in the 1500s. Ooh, yuppie! <laughs> so, is this useful? Yes, very. <laughs> We have a uh, WIA in the chat saying, excuse me, <clears throat> Walt, I've used EFT over the years and it works, even if I didn't really believe in it initially. Yeah, none of us do. <laughs> so, so we're in the same team. We have the same issues. Like, how can this work? I'm just tapping my phone. Well, it made body. sense to me. Makes more sense than to try to figure out what. Yes, thing you might have in your head. Yeah, and it's just and it's just energy. This is this is a chapter in neurology. Let's put it this way. 
Do you have a uh, Do you have a website link that people can go to, to for more yeah, information? Sure. Let me give you this link. Uh, okay. Because what the beauty of, uh, of for example, this is the unseen therapist. It's uh, the book is free to read. You are, you can uh, you can read it for free on, in the web as a as web web pages or he has it as a PDF that you can download and it's full of graphics. So the you don't pay for the book. You can read it at your own leisure, and it's uh it's got all the information in it. Yeah, they can download my book too and read it for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Nancy's book. Yeah, seriously, go to you know, you're on Cosmic Reality Radio. If you haven't read my first two books, well, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Just go to the to the tab that says books and blogs and it'll take you to Cosmic Reality and it'll take you to the nine eleven crusade. Nine eleven is a novel and cosmic reality is you know, even though I wrote it like back in I don't know, 2013, I think it was. It's still got a lot of relevancy because it, it lays out the history. And to me, it, it, it was... The, I like to hear people's experiences while they're telling a story. I want to I hear a story that I... Instead of just facts. And so I wrote it in an autobiographical way, showing you the steps and the guidance that was involved in me finding the truth so um to me all of these shows that we've been doing you know over the years is a continuation of that same kind of messaging only i'm doing it over radio and i've got friends that are on the mission that can talk to you instead of me talking about them in a book so it's an interesting voyage we were making here and it, it all comes down to energy, enterology, the study of energy is what we're doing. And that was, you know, I've heard you talk about this before, Walt, and I sort of had the attitude, well, of course. <laughs> but now, now you look at all the aches and pains and problems that people have that are emotionally being put there. Uh, it's more and more important to know these little tricks, simple tricks. You know, God didn't make it that you needed a PhD to understand the mechanism of the cosmos. No. This is just one of those very simple tricks. I mean, come on. They sent us a, a, a field of black rock that does all sorts of magical things. You know, so something like this is, you know, think of what... what you know, that molecule does. Think of what your body does, how it works. It's, it's a phenomenal piece of engineering, and but it's based on energy. But the, the, all, that's one of the things is, is that little by little, we're getting out from under all this negative programming because there's a very big negative programming that says, oh, if it isn't expensive, it doesn't work. Oh, if oh, yeah. it isn't very elaborate, oh, it's impossible. Oh, it, it's like... They actually force you to program you to think in a negative way that you're never going to get anything done. Uh, you know, there's a there's a little twist to that because a friend of mine, when I was operating the store myself, the Shanghai store, um, 
and I said, it's a, it's an odd thing. I said, I'll have a piece of jewelry or, or, or a specific rock or whatever that just doesn't seem to want to sell. And I said, so what I do is I raise the price and it sells right away. <laughs> you know? And she said, she, she, was, she was very funny about it because she had to stop and think about that for a minute. She said, well, to be honest with you, she said, I have been looking at something that is not that expensive. And then see another place where it seems like it's identical thing that's more expensive. And I will buy from the more expensive place because I think it's better. And I know that that doesn't make any sense. She kind of talked her way into it, you know. No, it <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah. how they get you. Yeah, I, it's all over. Like, like for example, like uh, my cousin in, in Buenos Aires, uh, when I visited them, uh, she knew that I was studying the lessons of Paramahansa Yogananda from SRF. And... But the reason she wasn't much interested is because they purposely set up the Yogananda set up the lessons in such a way that it would be accessible to everyone. So what happens is they charge you for the paper and for the and the postage to mail you the lessons, but the lessons are free, and that was too too inexpensive. If it if it were worthwhile, the lessons would cost thousands of dollars. So like that's that's why she. You can have, if you can imagine, you know, living in a country like Argentina and paying in dollar prices. Like when she studied um, Chinese medicine, I think the first course was a thousand dollars. The second course was two thousand. The third was thirty-five hundred, and then the final was like five thousand dollars in Argentina which you can imagine it's like 10 times more than what you would pay here because it, the dollar is very very expensive because that that was the mentality or it's only it's only valuable if it costs a lot of money so <laughs> mona have you ever heard of this particular modality before yeah but i never got into it as per se I always liked acupuncture or acupressure and other things like that, but I'm on the page looking at it. Yeah, I mean, simple may be the answer to everything. Keep it simple. And there's no drugs, so they, they can't take this man to jail because he's not giving prescribing anything to anybody. No machines, no drugs, just yourself. Right. <laughs> Lee oh. Brown used to talk about tapping. Oh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, the Orientals do, too. And why don't we? <laughs> well, good it's too simple. It's too cheap. No, no. It can't be any good. It's too cheap. Can't uh. take the time to uh, we should send everybody off on a mission. Go learn how to tap, and then come back and tell us about it. Mm. You well, know? doctors actually tap to hear what's going on in the body. And they do the knee reflex and other things like that. That's a tapping of sorts, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't put it past the reality that it helps 
break up the clog that's in the meridians. Well, sure. I, 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 I will uh, commit to looking at this thing and doing the, the whatever they're suggested to do, as long as it's not, <laughs> tends to take me too long. And um, I'll report back. Yes, I had, but no, I didn't. I'm going to do that. I can't do anything repetitive like that. It drives me absolutely insane. Well, she would be better off with the unseen therapist because she's so used to talking to the posse. So <laughs> to the therapist would be nothing. And there's nothing repetitive in it. The unseen therapist would not talk back with me. No, <laughs> I would not be a participant in that. But think you could probably heal him because they're the ones that have the most depression and, you know, terrible psychological realities. There's more suicides in people, psychiatrists, than other groups. <laughs> that used to be true. I don't know if it still is. <laughs> so, um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about on that subject? Uh, no, I'm just uh, like I said. I'm I'm studying. I'm progressing. So uh, I'm I'm surprised by the by the transformations that you go through because it's really uh, not only from the EFT but also from the other from the unseen therapist because there's like a complete change in your attitude because now you, uh, for example, uh, I used to have to contend with uh, negative thinking or self-destructive thinking well that's not there anymore it's gone because i said to like i said to my mother something happened to me when i was in the hospital one night uh, and i asked uh, dolly about it during one of the shows where i had an experience where i saw this young girl she didn't speak a word all she did was look at me and smile and I was overwhelmed by this feeling of embarrassment and I was shame. I, I started crying so hard. I, when, I, when I woke up from the, in the bed, my face was wet from all the crying. And uh, Dali said, uh, that means that you've been forgiven. So whenever, when, whenever when I read the material of, of who is the therapist is, you know, it's your guide. Uh, her image instantly came to me because I can remember it as if she were actually here. It's like I have no problem remembering what she looked like and what I felt like. The thing that has changed is that she has actually addressed that energy. So when I remember her and that if circumstance, I remember the uh, event, but uh, the, the shame and the embarrassment is gone. That energy is gone. I, I just I just feel so fantastic because it's like this is the person I was looking for, someone with all the answers. And I just you look into the, her eyes and you, you know she's got the answers that you're asking for. So that's that's how this is different from me because I oh so that's who you are. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being here. That's very interesting. And you know I well, what happened was that Barbara Menez uh, sent me a, a link to a video she had done for July. And I saw it uh, come in on Skype, and I just hadn't had time to deal with it. But today it just, like, jumped off the, the you know, 
the screen at me. And so I'm going to play it. It's about uh, yeah, 15 minutes. And it's her reading on... And, and if you don't know Barbara, she was on a number of different Shungite shows back in 19 when the whole uh, pandemic thing started up. And she has a... At that time, she was talking directly with Shungite. Some of her messaging was so unbelievably dead on. Well, it was, I didn't find any problems with any of it. Um, but she's... Well, I'm just going to play this because it kind of ties into what we're doing here in this first hour, which is, you know, kind of like setting back, taking a look at things and giving ways of looking at reality from the energetic, metaphysical way. So I'm going to play it right now. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, this is a little um, audio uh, about my own perceptions of the July energies, if this can help you, uh, inspire you, or set you in on a journey of uh, self-discovery, or else working with your pendulums um, or energetically to help you hold space and clear what you need to clear. Um, during this month. So this is my aim. I have drawn three cards from um, the dowsing card deck that we created. Um, and I was focusing on the people who are going to be listening to these audios. So the first card um, is a card that says miasmas, curses, thought forms, black magic. The second card is programming mental control. And the third card is living space and workplace. Um, this is telling us that during this month of July, uh, there's going to be things coming up um, in all of these areas um, for us to to actually um, work in a three-four way. Um, and this three-four way is something that I have come to to realize that we are collectively going through these. Um, threefold manner of experiencing life now um, and this manner is as follows we are firstly uh, becoming aware through an expansion of consciousness through the a new light that is coming in into the earth from the cosmos from the higher planes um, a high voltage light that is making us become aware um, and, and lifting us a few steps higher up in our spiritual evolution to give us the vision of what we need to be clearing in order to raise those levels of depth of understanding, of um, depth of integration of who we truly are and the unfoldment of our true nature. Um, this is the first element. Consciousness is raising up. Uh, we are having to match these rays in consciousness through the light codes that are coming into the planet. This is inviting us for lack of a better word, but it could also be forcing us to see and to review our reality and the things that are really holding us back in terms of trauma, childhood issues, relationship issues, family dynamics, 
personal dynamics that we haven't been able to see with this new light, with this new consciousness up until now. So that will be phase one. Um, we are raising our consciousness. Uh, we are raising our conscious level of observation so that we can look at our lives. So this is happening. And the three phases are happening simultaneously. And this is why we might be all very overwhelmed. And this is maybe why we are not able to be more present in the life of our family, friends, relationships, because we are doing all of this at a collective and also at a personal level. And it's happening simultaneously. We are going through these phases. So there is a raise in consciousness that is inviting us to look at the things that we need to look, things that we haven't been able to look with these eyes up until now, because the energy or the light of consciousness was not present. Next, we are having to purify whatever we are seeing that is less than who we truly are. So there is a purification of the memories. There is a purification of our being as we manage to do the work that needs to be done in order to understand what happened to us, understand ourselves, and then purify. Um, and this is an alchemical work of removing that which is no longer beneficial, the things that we are holding that do not belong to us, the things that did belong to us but are not, no longer necessary, the patterns, the habits. And this is where these three cards come in. We are having to look at the miasmas, the curses, and the way we curse ourselves. We're having to look at um, black magic. It, when, I, when I'm saying black magic, I'm referring to magical work that we do against ourselves to harm ourselves because that's the only thing we could do at the time. And we're having to look at thought forms, the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about what happened to us. And all of this needs to be reviewed, purified and integrated. So these three phases, the last phase is integration. So if you want to keep something from this audio, keep the idea that we are going through three phases simultaneously. And this is very taxing because before in other times in history, we would go through an expansion of consciousness. Then we went through a purification. Then we went through the integration. But now we're having to do this minute by minute, second by second. These three phases are happening simultaneously all the time in our reality, in our interactions with ourselves, and in our interactions with others. And collectively it is happening. And so this is very overwhelming and taxing and confusing because we don't know, you know, it's hard for us to become aware as to in which phase I am at this moment, because each phase is going to require something different from us. If I'm in the phase of expansion and expanding my consciousness, I'm in a phase of being able to observe, to be the witness, to be bringing these, perhaps this cognitive, analyzing, left brain mind that wants to understand what happened and is going to be able to understand it in new eyes. But then if I'm in, 
a purification mode. I'm not so cognitively engaged in a purification mode. I need to engage other senses, which are much more subtle, in order to produce this purification, allow the purification. A purification is never comfortable because we are having to clean things that we were clinging onto and that they're not beneficial. Purification comes also uh, with a sense of loss. We are having to get rid of things that we were attached to before because we thought we needed those things in order to survive. And the next phase is integration. Once we have raised our consciousness, we have seen things with new eyes, we have purified, then we have to integrate. We need to recover the missing fragments of ourselves. And we need to lovingly allow the integration to take place. But if we are in resistance, if we don't understand what is happening to us, we can shut down and not allow the process. So imagine all of these threefold process happening simultaneously every second of your life, every second of your day. At the same time, it's happening to your husband, to your wife, to your kids, to your boss, to the priest in church, if you go to church. It's happening to the bank manager. It's happening to the tax man. It's happening to the politicians. It's happening to all the kids in school. So all of this is happening simultaneously. And how do we meet one another when we are going through these threefold type of roller coaster, it's very difficult because if, if I am in my conscious mode and I meet you in your purification mode, you are going to be much more vulnerable um, and I might be hurting you with my inquisitive eyes. And so you need your time and your space to do the purification. It is very vulnerable to be in purification mode. So, and if I'm in integration and you are in an expansion of your consciousness, the emotions are different, the needs are different, the requirements are different, the resources that I'm applying to these phases are different. So there is a lot of misunderstanding at this moment in time between us because we are going through all these phases all of the time and we're not in sync with one another. Um, if there is a common thread, a medicine, that is going to be helpful for the three phases, that medicine is self-love, is self-compassion. The problem is that in order to access self-love and self-compassion, we need to run through the three phases of becoming aware, raising our consciousness in relation to what we thought was self-love, what we thought was self-compassion. And then we also need to um, purify our concept of self-love and self-compassion. And next, we need to integrate our concept of self-love and self-compassion, bringing all the missing pieces of the times when we were less than self-loving and self-compassionate to ourselves. So prior to applying the medicine, which is self-love and self-compassion, to take us through these roller coaster, these threefold process that is happening, before we can apply self-love and self-compassion, we need to actualize self-love and self-compassion within ourselves. 
realizing that maybe the idea that we had or the way in which we thought we were self-loving and practicing self-compassion was less than adequate at that time and now is even lesser and lesser adequate. So we need to review this concept and we need to apply ourselves to bringing an actualization of what true love and self-love and self-compassion is. So we are in the midst of a very rich process, extremely rich. Um, We are going to be able to extract diamonds and golden nuggets in our lives if we manage to go through these threefold process um, very mindful, very awakened, very conscious, but at the same time, very gentle, very loving, very self-compassionate. Because if we do not apply this compassion to ourselves, we are going to um, activate all the negative programming. And this is why these cards are interesting, that they came. If we do not do not apply this self-compassion to the process, we are going to kick and activate again the mental programming and the controlling programming that we had running in the past, because that is the default mode and we will fall back into default mode. If we do not practice self-compassion in these threefold process, we won't be able to clear the miasmas, the curses, the negative thought forms, the black magic or the dark work that has been done onto us by ourselves, by someone else, by the collective, by the powers to be. And the third card that we draw was the living space and the working place. As part of all of this process, we're going to have to check our living spaces and our working places and reactualize the vibrations of the frequencies in those places to match with the new self that is emerging from all these very rich process. So we are in the middle of heavy duty work that is happening collectively, personally, um, and the planet is also doing it. So be gentle with yourself, be gentle with others, understand when you are out of phase with a loved one and practice firstly self-compassion and then compassion towards the other person, understanding that she could maybe responding you triggered because she's in the middle of becoming aware of her own dynamics and she hasn't yet activated her own self-compassion and she's triggered and responding through her mental control programming or else through the miasmas, transgenerational miasmas that are making her see, think, feel, behave in accordance to what the lineage and the family responded to in the past, to things that are not present now, but she's responding to that. So we are in the midst of a very, very rich moment And I hope and my wish is that we all manage to activate this enormous amount of self-love and self-compassion to guide us through this phase and extract all the gold that is coming in terms of intuition, insight, understanding or inner standing of the dynamics that were holding us back and helping us review all the things that we need to review in order to free ourselves and in order to be able to navigate 
these high energies that are coming into the earth, um, inviting us precisely to free ourselves. I hope this audio helps you. Wishing you a fantastic month of July. Many blessings. Bye. This film. So, Mona, what do you think of that? Mona. All right. She felt she the belt. I couldn't feel it. She was listening. What do you want me to say, Nancy? I see Walt's picture there, but I don't see Nancy's. <laughs> Oh, uh, was I not talking? No. Well, you weren't being heard. <laughs> you were doing telepathic mode communication. <laughs> uh, um, anybody else got anything? I mean, do you have anything to say? I thought it was dead on. You know, she gets... Based, on, yeah, based on what she's saying, we're in decompression mode from the old cabal reality. We're excreting all that crap. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because you just mentioned essentially that about sabotaging yourself. And I know you didn't hear Ani Avadizian's replay from, let me see, July 24th, 2019, the second show she did, where she addressed self, you know, sabotage. She was talking about the same subject. And then I heard the same thing in part, in what Barbara was saying. So I think maybe we're getting a trending here and that this is something we all should look at. You know, are we somehow sabotaging ourselves? And how would you address that, Walt? Well, number one, stop blaming yourself for everything. That was one of the things that I, that I had to learn and get rid of. Because, you know, enough, you know, you blame yourself, oh, I did this, oh, I did that, or I did this wrong, or I didn't understand. So the, the, the point is, is like, at the end of the day, you blame yourself for the creation of the universe, for heaven's sake. And you realize, that's, that, that's not me. It was imposed on me, because the people were programmed that way, but it's not me. Uh, even the people are not guilty because they were they were they were programmed to do that and to think that, and if you dare to question that, that that's why you're. I always bring you uh, <laughs> on this subject because nobody programmed you when you were a kid. They left you alone to be yourself. Well, that that's you. So you were that lucky, but the rest of us we weren't that lucky. We you would try to be yourself. And they would cut you down because how dare you be yourself? Don't be yourself. Be right. Be correct. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and imagine a whole family, you know, where all the kids were equally abandoned. I mean, we weren't abandoned in the 3D, but we didn't have anybody telling us really what to do and how to think. Now, yeah, we went to catechism. And yes, we would go into the school system, but the school system was doing what the school system was supposed to do, which to teach civics, history, English. Okay, we had to do French and Latin and some other thing, you know. But you know, it, we were left to, to, to learning how life is 
by living life. And of all the gifts I've been given, that was the one that really put me on track to look at life as it's presented, not as what somebody is telling me it is. And And that's thing was not to take it personal that we should carry this stuff when it really has nothing to do with us. Yeah. Okay, listen, we're at the top of the hour, so um, I guess I will... What am I going to play here? Dolly, you got any preference? On what I play? Uh, yeah. All I can think is let there be peace on earth at this moment in time. Um, over the rainbow. Okay, let me just get up here a little further. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of things on this. Let me take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Friends, do you wish to lift the veil of earthly duality? Is it time to develop your personal code of conduct and morality? Then head on down to Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, where you will meet like-minded people just champing at the beat to support you. Whether you are looking for gifts or tools for personal development, when you visit Mystical Wares, you will be in your element. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. A day at Mystical Wares is a day well spent, and their customer service, well, it's heaven sent. Mysticalwares.com. It's the bomb! Okay, welcome back to the Say What Show. It's July 15th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Dolly Howard, Walt Silva, and Mona Radler. Are you guys all back? Yes? Yep. Yep. I am. Downer, you want to talk about something or you got what? Got a. I wanted to ask uh, Dolly a question. Oh, okay. Is uh, I wanted to ask you because uh, while I was programming your your computer, I uh, I asked the posse to be part of it so that they would also be uh, active in uh, protecting the laptop from any intrusion. So I w- I was wondering if they told you anything about that. Uh, I had asked them the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. So uh, I don't know if it came from you or or if it was a combination you're asking and my asking, or, but I seem to have everything the way it should be. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. So you're, the cursor isn't doing funny movements when you're trying oh to... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, it isn't going bananas on me. It just took over. I had no control over that sucker. Horrible when that happens. Oh, I didn't know what to do. Well, I knew I was being taken over. Even Annette's from the way I was describing it to her. She said, you're being taken over. I said, yeah, I know. (laughs) So, first thing I thought was, call Walt. (laughs) So y'all out there, if you have computer issues, especially if you're being taken over, contact Walt. 
immediately. If it not sounds sooner. so scary being taken over. Yes. You don't want to be into a clone. <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen. I had a net check on my bank accounts every day. Uh, it's scary when you have no control over. I know. That, that lady friend that I helped, she had to go to the bank and uh, she closed all the accounts because that was the only way that she could uh, make sure that they wouldn't get anywhere. So, so she did a uh, while the bank worked on it and cleared that up so she had to use uh cash because she couldn't do, use any of the cards or any nothing right until well, they figured all that we should all be using cash because they don't have the right to digitalize us into their slavery telling us what we are supposed to pay for if we can pay for it or not the social credit digital shit's gonna kill us our humanities, our free will, all of it. People start using cash no matter what. Boycott this digital stuff unless you want to be enslaved to their system. I don't want to be. I'm not sure that anybody has a choice unless we win. And if okay. we win, there's no problem. I don't use a debit card with from me personally now for Amazon I do but otherwise I don't use my debit card to go buy groceries or anything else like that I make sure I have cash yeah uh, <clears throat> okay so uh, I'm trying to think if we yeah I think we did it on both uh, shows this week uh, we talked about the sound of freedom Oh, yeah, that brought tears to my eyes all morning. What a set of reality check. Oh, my gosh. Go ahead. Well, I was, um, I went over to Barbara's, uh, the link to, to Barbara, and I was playing what she said, and I was recording it. And all of a sudden, I look over to the right, and I see this, the next one up is, uh, uh, Sound of Freedom, uh, uh, Jim, uh, uh, oh, what's his name, Cabezo? I know what it is. Anyway, Jim, who plays... Um, Jim. Actually, Caviezel. It's Caviezel. Okay, so Jim Caviezel plays Tim Ballard, who was, this is a real-life story of, of how he got into helping the children and stuff. And but it was just a clip of some show that they had been on, I guess. And it was so moving because, they're, well, much more so Jim. I don't know really about, you know, what Tim Ballard is, you know, where his head's in, in it. But I'm sure it's spiritual. I don't know if it's Christian. I don't know if it's Jesus. Which yeah, it's God and Jesus. It's both. Yeah. Very highly, everything the angel network that they're working through, it is all through the power of God and Christ. Well, I, you know, I'm not going to say one way or the other who, 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 who it is, because I think everybody's got a different version of the same energy in the way that they think of things. So it, it I just want you to know that this is a Christian 
and, and I, I mean, it's really powerful. It's the Christian way of looking at reality. But watch the magic that happens as they talk about getting this movie out there. And it is 22 minutes, but, you know, it's well worth a listen. This film undoubtedly is the best film I've done since the Passion of the Christ. And it was enormous uh, challenge. But these are the things that um, where when the film is over, you, you don't leave your seat. Um, your heart's on fire um, and you want to do something. And that's why I was called into this business. You shot it almost five years ago, right? Mm -hmm. It's been done for almost three years. Mm -hmm. So what happened to have us sit here today and talk about a film coming out in a couple of weeks? I'm going to answer the first part of that, and you can talk about the studio because you understand that. I, I'm going to say something I, I think we keep forgetting to say. Just remember this. You remember this, Jim. They, when they, the day they, they chose we're going to start filming. So let's go back to when they're filming in Columbia. I was, I was there twice. I didn't have, I, you know, it's just to show up and just see what this is like. It's a strange process to watch a movie being made. But, um, but I, I showed up in that first day, and, and the producer came in and says, the funding fell through. Oh, come on. The fun, I mean, what are you talking about? I'm sitting with Jim Caviezel in a hotel in, in Bogota, Colombia, about to film. And they said, we don't know if we're going to film on Monday. It was like Saturday. And we're sitting there. Remember, we're talking in the patio like, what is, is this how the industry works? Like, the, the funding fell through? I don't know what that means. And um, Eduardo Verastegui, hero, heroic act. Mm. The, the little money he did have that didn't fall through, it would have got him only... I mean, a once you start production, yeah. he's a, he's liable. If he can't finish the film, you, mm -hmm. he's going to get sued mm -hmm. by those the, the investors who think that everything's in. And he said, "You remember this?" You see, he said, "Go. I trust that God will give us the rest wow. at the right time." Awesome. He's like, "We have enough money to fund it, like I don't know, three weeks of production or something like that." And I'm just I'm just watching this as a, as a, as a lay person. Like, is this how movies are made? This Had you ever experienced anything like that before? Well, on the other side, on the other side, uh, mm, a little bit. Uh, but this one was, he came out, we were in the car together and I said, um, bro, we got, we got lightning in a bottle here. Mm -hmm. What, what we've shot so far is beyond. Uh, and, um, you know, I just give you an idea. Count of Monte Cristo, lightning in a bottle, um, passion, lightning in a bottle. Um, that's what we have here. So I kind of felt like we, there's gotta be a reason for all this. We were, I think we dropped like five million bucks that we were out. And so Fox just got bought out by Disney. Long story short, um, um, at that, at that point, we were just trying to get the, the, the money back in the film. And I don't know how they did it. I'm on set there and, and my wife is, you know, our, or the Navy SEAL, or do you have your special forces guys there? Because, you know, Tim, they promised they'd be there and they weren't around. So I was like, yeah, they're all over the place. <laughs> and, but they were uh, his, his, his wife on. didn't want him to come <laughs> film actually, because we, we promised security. Yeah. yeah. And so we promised security. And uh, we were in some pretty dangerous areas there. <laughs> and and it, I mean, I'm telling you, like when you see them pulling the cocoa leaves, well, they're really good at that. <laughs> you understand oh, where we're at. <laughs> so um, the... <laughs> 
the yeah, <laughs> it was an operation just to get this movie. They were doing yeah. an operation, literally an operation, while we were down there. All this is going on. Wow! And all I could do is just just stay on the next play, just stay on the next play. But I told him, I said, you know, if it's he was asking me about you know your history in film, and I said, oh, if it's a good film, it'll come out. But if it's phenomenal, you're gonna have problems. Oh dear! And so we were having problems. So. Hey, obviously we, we have one for the ages. We have got, we've got a shot, but we got to stay on top. You realize, Tim, how important it was for your choice to get Jim in the film because a lead actor in a major motion picture hearing the funding is gone, probably going to walk. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and because this is not something that you're doing for a living, this is something you're doing uh, because it's a calling, yeah, you know, think, think of what we're really talking about. You're, you're sitting in a movie theater as a young man. Yes. The love of Jesus envelops you, calls yes. you into film. You make enough movies to get to the point where you're now playing Jesus and the passion, yeah. the ultimate choice of love. Sure. And then you see the passion. He's the, your choice for this film. And here we sit today. Yeah. Uh, and because it's a great movie, it has a lot of problems. Yeah. And can I just add one, one piece that just came to mind is, and one reason why <laughs> I needed it to be him. You'll see in the film, you know, going into dark places is, is scary. There's a reason I don't watch this movie. I can't watch it just because it's so personal. It's like, I cry, I sweat. I just, it's just, I mean, they're filming things that happen. They're filming on site exactly where it happened. Like with the little boy that's, we pull out of the van. Same lane in the port of entry oh. the island scene is like two miles from the actual island um and so one thing that there's a scripture that i always tell myself that gives me the courage to go when i'm in that moment and it's the one time in the scripture maybe the only time that, that jesus gets mafioso in his word and i'm not talking about flipping tables over on the temple i'm talking about mafioso it's jesus so it's, it's righteous but he tells you what's going to happen to you if you hurt children. Yeah. And he says, better than a millstone be wrapped about your neck and you cast to the bottom of the sea. And that's better for you than what's going to happen if you do this. And so uh, that gives me courage because I say, well, he, I know where he stands. And, and that means if he stands that way and I'm going to find kids, he's right, he's right here. Yeah. And his angels are, are everywhere. So Jim, in the film, I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps because totally. in, in the film, at a pivotal moment, that's a real, a true, really accurate depiction in the, in the coffee shop when I'm talking as a pedophile undercover as myself. If you remember that very it's a true story. Um, and he gives me a little, this little pedophile book and all that cre creepy. They reenacted it. Yeah. The one thing I didn't say in that scene, hmm. and it wasn't even in the script, Jim ad-libbed it while they're filming. Wow. He looks across the table at the guy in this kind of ironic, weird, but really brilliant, brilliant moment. And he says, Better, right before he told him he's under arrest, he said, it's better than a millstone. Mm -hmm. We cast about your neck. You remember that? And the pedophile's kind of like, well, what does that, that mean? Yeah. Yes. And it's a brilliant scene. And I, and I just, I cried when I watched that because mm -hmm. it wasn't even in the script. And I said, that is why yeah. I chose him. I heard this in my heart when I was filming it. I mean, these are the deepest, the deepest prayers I ever have done um, have always made me the greatest of the man that I couldn't be without Jesus. And he said, um, can you love my children more than you fear evil? Can you love, just as can you love 
Jesus more than you fear the cross. Mm-hmm. And there is a go-to time and a power that is extraordinary where, um, where I'm not afraid of anything. And my heart was so on fire that uh, I, it was the best I ever was. And th- this film undoubtedly is the best film I've done since the Passion of the Christ. And it was enormous uh, challenge. It took two years just to come off this uh, movie, but it it has great qualities in it. Um, it it's a full-on adventure film. You, you, it is um, taken, the film taken with a yeah. huge heart. But these are the things that um, where when the film is over, you, you don't leave your seat. Um, <laughs> you, your heart's on fire um, and you want to do something. And that's why I was called into this business. And, the, and I gave my career to Jesus. You pick my roles for me, <laughs> you know. And so in this time period where we're seeing films that are just... It, I mean, it has to be intentional where Christianity is completely sidelined mm. and we continue to take it. Mm. We get on our knees with our mask on rather than standing on our feet. <laughs> and so um, you and I were talking about Reagan earlier. We were talking about the, uh, the documentary in the face of evil. And I love mm. what he had said in one of the th- things where Reagan said, and I kind of made a few amendments, but we cannot but buy our security of one nation under God, our freedoms in Christ, our savior from the threat of the devil any longer by committing an act of immorality so great as saying to millions and millions of little children now caught behind the iron curtain of sex trafficking, (laughs) give up your dreams of freedom now, because in order to save our own skins, we're just too willing to make a deal with your slave masters. Wow. And Alexander Hamilton said that any nation which can prefer disgrace to danger is prepared for a master and deserves one. And back at what you said, yes, evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. This is in the Gospels. You read it. You've got, you know, John the Baptist. Well, I don't want to be him. Well, why not? I mean, <laughs> what about St. Paul? I don't want to read him. He got his head chopped off, too. You know, we're all playing a, a character in scripture right now. It's wow. not just a history book. It wow. is actually something when you read it, you feel it burning in your hearts. That fire comes on. Oh, it's just never the best, the greatest. That was, you know, what I believe this was all intended. And I embraced this guy because he, he had a childlike quality to him. You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the belief that, you know, it doesn't matter how bad this is. Kind of like David walking down and having these guys just hearing Goliath just rip the yeah. Philistines ripping on his yeah. God. That's all he couldn't take. Right. And someone like this guy walks over to these leaders and he says, mm-hmm. after I take his head off, you're going to go around the backside. And th- that's what men follow. They follow courage. Yeah. And that to me is what I want to be as a Christian. And I don't, I'm not always that. Yeah. And you know, God doesn't always choose the best, but he chose me. So what am I going to do about it? 
God hath chosen the foolish to confound the wise. And we're all sitting here. <laughs> we can all qualify as the least qualified to do what God's called us to do. But you know, you know, there's a there's a scene in in the film. You've picked out a little moment in the film that you've liked and you've you you're you're kind of zeroing in on some. But you know, the 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 writers chose to put kind of the word of the Lord in a former drug lord kingpin that assists you when he basically almost shames you into doing what your mission was. And so the former bad guy now turned good guy that helps you with this mission is almost the pivotal little thing. God God will use anyone at any time he chooses. Bill Camp. Bill yeah. Camp, what a brilliant actor. Brilliant, brilliant actor. It was a great scene. And, and it's a real it's a real scene. I mean, that's when the Angel Studios requires you to give eight to get qualified. They have the guild, they have this guild program. The, the guild has to decide. Mm -hmm. And we had to pick the best five minutes. And I was going to the, the action scenes, all that and they said, no, no, someone said no. It's the five minutes when Bill Camp does that. Mm -hmm. And I think I mean, these guys deserve Academy Awards for that scene right there. A couple of things happened in that scene, and it's a true story, by the way. So, I mean, for the audience, just yeah. just tell them a little. Don't don't give away a ton, but just yeah. what does he say to you? And take us back to that real moment. So, this is a former drug cartel uh, runner. He he ran money for them. Um, Vampiro got got Vampiro is his name in the film. Uh, I gave him the name Batman. He was my informant. I, I called him that, but DC Comics wouldn't release the name, so he had they wanted the, the vampire. That's what they chose the vampire. <laughs> nice. I was like, nice. I like it's that. a nickname for him. Like Bambi either. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I called him Batman because he's crazy. He works in, in the dark in the night, and and I kind of helped him as a, you know, I was like, hey, there's a better way to do this. Bring law enforcement in, and so we're working on this case together, and, and then I get shut down. Yeah. And this this is a man who, you know, I'm, I'm, I won't give it away, but what he says about it's a pivotal moment in the whole movie, moment. in my opinion. But and he's about to, he tells a story, but he's, he he realizes he's the darkness. Yeah. And he he puts a gun to his head and says, "If there's a God, now's the time to ask." And I'm and you know Jim just does this. Um, Jim does something with his eyes in this. You know, yeah. I've mentioned it many times. I don't. I said because he he tells him. He says he says. I, I'm, here I am. I didn't kill myself. You know, and, he, and he says, when God tells you what to do, you cannot hesitate. Well, then that, that just the reason why you see that reaction is because I took me right back into that movie theater. Come on now. And and I was like, you're talking to me from above. And wow. he can talk. God can speak to anybody. Yeah. And um, if you should buy tickets just to watch his reaction. Moment. He didn't say a thing. He says a, he says a million things just through his eyes. And I remember after I saw the film, that's, I, I said, Jim, how did you do that? And do you remember what you said to me? He said, he, 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 you just said two words. You said, Holy Ghost. My goodness. Yeah. And I said, yeah, because I, it was, it's, this, it's the most incredible interchange in that bar. It, you know, it's, it's, you know, to those that understand these, some of these terms, the inciting incident, you know, it really, Usually the inciting incident is earlier in the film, but then all of a sudden, this moment that was portrayed there was really the key to who you are and what you became, really. Absolutely. And man, to think that the Holy Spirit would drag you back to the original moment 
there in that movie theater when God called you to be an actor. Yeah. I've never, Jim, I've, I've never heard anyone say that that directly before. Yeah. That I felt the presence and the love of Jesus and he asked me to be an actor. I've never heard anyone say that before. I've had a lot of people pursuing <laughs> dreams and, and visions and I've never heard anyone really go that, that yeah. hardcore with it well, before. Well, it it, that's what happened. And I remember when the passion was coming out, it was out and then we were CNN running, they were running hit pieces on us all the time. <laughs> and I remember walking into this bar in my hometown, Mount Vernon, and a group of guys there. And I remember, I did kind of open my mouth about how God told me to that. And they yeah. were like making jokes of it. I said, Hey, remember that idiot talked about God, you know, coming to him. I said, you guys were right though. What? But one day I'm going to be an actor. And this is playing while they're showing oh my Jesus, because nobody's ever going to admit they're wrong. So you're not wrong. I'm wrong. Wow. But one day I will be an actor. You'll see. So I use that uh, in a lot of the stuff I do. You know, this is uh, it, it, a lot because a lot of the stuff isn't fun. I mean, it's it's uh, either the weather, the it's miserable at times. You know, especially when you're in the jungle like that and the heat conditions. I it, it's so hot. I can't even. You you know, it's like your brain's at 120 degrees. You mm -hmm. can't even think. Um, and. Did we lose Nancy? So it seems. No, uh, but the player stopped for some reason. No, it just is off. I don't know what happened. What did you experience? Okay. Well, it's heavy. It's 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 a heavy movie to watch. Um, it's our children. Do you know uh, a heavy movie to watch is it's it's a wonderful life. Yeah, right. No, when yeah. you're in the bar scene and Stuart is sitting there um, saying, God, if you're out there, please help me. Yeah. And he's weeping. And the one of his men talked about, you know, how many missions he flew over Nazi Germany yeah. and how many guys didn't make it back. And he says, one thing that people don't realize is that when we have our um, comms on going in, we have to be quiet. When a plane is shot down, you hear all the screaming of the boys going down and it, it haunts you. Yeah. And that was in that scene. And so, but that film, uh, you know, resurrects me. Mm -hmm. It, it, there is a cross. Yeah. And it, 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 and, but yeah. there is no, there is no, uh, resurrection without the cross. That's right. And, but in the film, you're going to laugh. There are great moments in it. There are mm -hmm. great moments there, just like in life. Mm -hmm. But I wanted, to take us to something much deeper than the industry can take us to. Because look, you can't say hey, we want um, a, a film that has many truths in it. There's one truth. That's it. And so we had an opportunity uh, to put that in. And every day I get up and, I, and I'm like, I'm not the, you know, I, I can't do this without him. Right. But I want I remember the part in uh, one of the Gospels, I think it was Matthew, cure te ipsum, cure thyself. It takes a yes from us and then let God do the rest. Let him reach out and he'll pull you right in, just like he did with me. And so I go into it with pure abandon. And that's where I really linked into this guy's heart mm -hmm. um, uh, through Jesus like mm -hmm. that. And so the 
if I was the devil, I would never want this film to uh, be seen. But, you know, time ran out for him. <laughs> it's got to be seen. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> Your thoughts? Well, I think I think from a woman's perspective, I mean, I, I, I love men that stand for strong values and know how to get a job done. (laughs) So I'm in good company right now. I think as a woman, it's like, well, how can I help? What can I do? How can I see? Uh, Chris Kane is one of my dearest friends. She's got A21. Can you see me? You know, and and so I walk a lot. We we do with uh, with A21 and and just the things that the territories that they're helping with all over the world. And it's how can we do our part? Where can we? How, you're from Homeland Security. What do we what do we look for? I mean, we've got mothers out here where you're hitting triggers of our children, of being, a you know, all kinds of stuff. Call the theaters. We need a thousand more screens. Yeah. We're filling up and we've got to get this word out. Go ahead. So because I knew that would be an important question, um, I executive produced a documentary called It's Happening Right Here. It answers that question. We're waiting after Center Freedom releases. We're going to drop it. And it goes through all the ways the bad guys are trying to access our children. It focuses on the United States. And because we are the number one. Uh, demand, people don't realize this. People think, oh, this is far, far away in Colombia and wherever else. Nope. We're the number one demand for child exploitation material. We consume more here. $150 billion. Yeah, $152. Industry. There's about 6 million children currently in slavery. You know, add the adults to that and you have more people enslaved today than ever before in the history of the world. You could add up all the people, in fact that were enslaved during that 350-year horrific period of the transatlantic slave trade, and not to do anything to to lessen that. There's nothing worse. But you could add up all the people alive today in slavery, and that's more than the, than all of those others combined. And six million are children. It's it's labor. It's 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 organ harvesting, believe it or not, and sex. And on the sex trafficking, this one film specifically about that. There's two million children in the commercial. And so we have a goal with Angel Studios to have 2 million people on the weekend of July 4th in theaters representing those 2 million children. And so that's our call to action that we, everybody who's listening to this program, buy a ticket, pay it forward. You have the opportunity to buy tickets for others who can't afford it at the same time you're buying your ticket. So we fill those theaters with 2 million people. Jim, your final thoughts? Just the audience and you won't be disappointed when you see this film. Okay, so they didn't make the two million, but they did make a million. Not bad. Beat out the other two uh, big big uh, film companies productions, Disney included. You guys there? Hello. No, yes. Yeah. One day too. Yeah, so what'd you think about that one? <laughs> I can get that when it's out of, when, it, not out of the theaters, but I can get that on my TV and watch it at home when when we're able to do that, when it's released that we can do it that way. Well, I hope so. I hope it gets out free to everybody. Yeah. It's yeah, too- well, the situation is is the money that they're earning 
gives the people that are actually still going out and saving the children. So the money goes to back in the system to provide. They say, they say it takes three years to take one of the child children's and re-socialize um, them, which is not free, even though there's good loving families helping these children. So the money that is being raised is being re-implemented into the system to help save more babies. Well, they they've made a tremendous amount of money on the on the movie itself, and I'm sure that you know the vast majority of it will go back into the you know getting more and more free. Right, but it takes three years for one to get out of the stalemate that they were in. Well, at least they get out of it. You know. They do. They have a good, um, what you call it? <laughs> well, yeah. you, and and part of it, part of it too, is that you know, there's a just like Barbara said in earlier that you know, we're being influxed with a tremendous amount of energy. People are going through, uh, I don't like the word ascension, but awareness, opening up and being more aware of everything. So these children, yeah, that might be what they were confronting, but the more wake up, the more it will happen because it's all in the subconscious because of the collective uh, connection to everybody. So, um, yeah. Uh, and don't I, you think that'll also open up um, people to take some of those children in? The people who can handle it and help to uh, show them there is love in the world. Right. That's what they're doing. I mean, both Jim and Tim. Tim has like nine children. That was the guy who was the CIA guy. Jim has six. So they've gone out and saved some. And actually got some of the children from this system and took them home and said, I'll help you. You know, so that's a lot of love. Yeah. Yeah. So they stand behind what they're doing. Very well. So none of the children's sex was changed. Well, you can't go there. <laughs> because that's, that's what movie stars are, are choosing to do. With their children, like uh, Charlize Theron, you know, changing the boy into a girl, and uh, the list goes on. It's despicable. I mean, seriously. Yeah, it's an insult. It, it is. It's an actual insult against uh, you know uh, the the creator consciousness. You know, we know we we hate you. We know better than you. So this is what we're going to do. Just the psyche of the individual itself. I mean, we all get confused every now and then, but to make such physical changes—that's an abomination. Besides adult um, adulterating, 
it, it doesn't make any sense that you know you'd have so many doctors and nurses and all these people that want to do this um, I'm telling you it's it's just crazier than crazy that you again I, you know it's like how do you get that many people to think that's a good idea Back, background people they're background people I tell you exactly you know let's just erase them <laughs> you know you're dismissed uh, I agree did, did Dolores Cannon ever say where these back who makes these background people you know they have to come from someplace right yes yes she she said that we make them we make them we make them we put them in we put them into into the reality. Remember the story about me going to the airport and there weren't any there weren't any other customers. There the yeah. ticket people were there and me. The and bag filled up to the entire airport. It, it, well, it's the terminal I was in, which was you know the biggest one, and it went up forever. You didn't want to have to walk it the whole way. You know, it's take you quite a. I bet ten minutes or more. Um. But for some reason, probably because they were trying to teach me this, they blocked out whatever part of my mind was there that would naturally think that when I got to the curb, the people would be getting their bags taken care of, that there would be all these people inside the building. For some reason, they disconnected that programming I would have put out, most people put out, and instead there was nothing there. And so I go through this thing where the ticket people are seeing the same thing. Why? Well, because the ticket people are background people too. But they, I expected them to be there. I just for some reason forgot about all these other people. But then I go to the bathroom and while I'm in the bathroom, I'm not really focused on what it was. I don't remember being focused on what it was. I was by that time just going second by second. And so then I, then I got distracted by going to the bathroom. And when I came, went out the door, I had kind of forgotten the scenario as it was and thought when I opened up the door that I would see a lot of people, and I did. Because I think from the way she explains it is that we're creating our own background people. Make sense? Well, yeah, definitely. Yep. I'm going to... Uh, did I do that already? Um, yes, this week's... If, if you go to Radio 5G, I do in the last hour... Uh, the tape of Di uh, Cannon that Dolores Cannon that we did, I think we played on Cosmic Reality, and also the uh, version of that amazing presentation by John Nolan concerning backdrop or background people. I call them background people. Backdrop. Wait, wait, a, wait a second. One second. I just have a quick question before you continue. So, okay, so you're saying that we make the background people. 
does does that mean that at some level we choose we're making good peoples or we're making bad guys? Uh, yes. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. Oh, someone's... How are, gonna, how are you gonna have a story if you don't have the dichotomy between, you know, good and evil, right and wrong, what works, what doesn't work? If everybody... I'm game. I'd like to get a, get a feeling for a reality where you don't have any evil people. Well, Being fed up with this reality um, is enough, so let's see what it looks when there's no evil people. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm with you with that. I mean, I got, I'm, I, that's what I'm here for, you know. We're kind of like, we learned what's what's good and what's not good. What's not good is the synthetic life, AI. When we, when we get to the point that we understand the full scenario of this game, um, we're going to see a lot more than we even imagine. There's layers upon layers and layers and layers upon layers of this. It's a like two competing realities, one that's based on biological life whatever you conceive of that being. And another one where human beings have created the life. So the human beings are gods. So you have this god over here, which I call the source god that created biological life. Biological life creates artificial life. And suddenly you've got a situation where the human beings that did this are gods. And if you look at the people that are seemingly at the root of most of the evil in the world, they they think they're gods. Look at John Kerry. He can fly around the world and pollute and pollute and pollute in his private plane because he's more important than in the world itself. This climate's so in such crisis. Why? How could you ever, you know, explain that away? So, you know, I mean, but they, they have a sense of their gods. Who, who anointed them gods is, you know, probably the AI. And you will be our gods. <laughs> one, of those, one of those characters from the tech world said something like that. That sooner or later they would take over and be like gods. So we might want to make nicey-nicey to them. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's the war between biological and synthetic life synthetic meaning it's made by human or a step down from god the god god <laughs> well but it the if you look at other civilizations for example like the you know, uh, the aliens that um alex collier what is it the uh, what's the name of the civilization that he can communicates with is the um i, I forget the name the uh, Andromedans, for example, uh, their their machines are not organic. They're they're mechanical, but they are driven by a biological soul. the The reason they're intelligent is because there is a soul in inhabiting that that body, that uh, that machine body. 
So the, the body is a machine body, but the intelligence driving it is not. It's, it's a biological soul. So there's no conflict there on it, and it's not driven by, it, it's not going to kill its uh, uh, crew because it thinks, oh, I'm mechanical, therefore I'm more important. No, that's, that's like, that's like the bullshit that you get, that humans get sold on. So this this business of the of the AI, it's kind of like it it makes no sense. They're, 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 that business of a, of a purely uh, me- mechanical intelligence is, isn't there. If there is an AI, it's not mechanical. It's a, it's it's an entity that, that that's controlling a mechanical body. It, it's it's not necessarily good. It could be an evil entity, but it's still not a uh, not artificially made. That's the point that I'm trying to get to. For some reason, I did not follow that. <laughs> okay, the, okay, they're saying okay. Let, let let let's backtrack. Okay, they're saying oh, they're absolutely f- frantic. Oh, what is the, what the fear of this artificial intelligence being in control? Okay, that's okay, clear. Okay, let me let, let me break in here. Are you saying that people are overreacting to the threat of AI? Uh, you don't think so? No, I don't either. <laughs> no, I don't. I think they don't. Uh, they're underestimating it. Well, the reason why I say that, and, and I, I won't hesitate on it, is because, well, I hesitated because all of a sudden this image came into my head, and you can look it up. I'm sure it's out there on the YouTube because it's in your face disclosure by the dark side. They had some uh, robotic androidy type of characters give a press conference that was uh, at the UN. Okay, so you have these robots up there answering questions. And one of the questions to one of these robots was, how do we know if you're not going to just take over the world? And that robot said, I don't know why you would ask that question. Okay, and that freaked the crap out of me. Because when you're doing a debate, one of the ways that you really make points is when you can ask a question that disarms your opponent. All right, because it's out of it's out of the blue. All of a sudden, the guy that asked the question is now and then the robot proceeded to go through a number of reasons why it was not possible that they would do that it was so creepy it was such a blatant lie it was such a programming feel to it that said to the robot for heaven's sakes don't let them think that we want to take over it's creepy as crap you ought to look it up walt because then you might have a different idea about what these things are but uh, it doesn't. I'm not convinced that. Okay, so whoever is an- answering that, uh, do we know beyond shadow of a doubt 
that it's actually there's not a person somewhere transmitting that information is that text coming from uh, oh no it was an audio response oh they we, say what? don't go around alexa because alexa sends your information to other people on your list there's no safe place to be around this electronic ai shit well it was actually these robots sitting on a stage being asked by real people these questions right and that's why i'm saying you should see it because it, these things are creepy as hell they frightened me just looking at them <laughs> i don't blame you uh -huh. well I, I question the people asking the questions because they are so the humans are acting like 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 robots they're not asking that they're not asking proper questions or or right questions or in the right way so the the the, the ai can do circles around them because they're well we've discussed this before in, in other shows for example when you were telling me about the new uh, math in the schools what they're teaching kids about all these numbers and, and i and i looked at it and i recognized that, that it's machine code it's it's um it's assembler it's called assembler language it's one stop one one step above uh ones and zeros it's called assembler and if you, you're teaching that kids is because you're getting ready to train people to think in these terms so it's not that the machine is super intelligent we're just dumbing down the humans so they're easy to control and please tell me humans are not being dumb with their Cell phones, they're not being dumbed down. Where people can't even ask you can't even go to the bathroom without checking the oh, let's see what the what, what my phone says. <laughs> yeah, that's pathetic, isn't it? So is the AI really truly that super intelligent? Where you're dealing with humans that it can't even strike strike the thoughts to put the two thoughts together? I don't know. <laughs> Time to ask the posse. <laughs> they won't answer questions like that. You know yeah. that. Yeah. It's a stupid question anyway, so. <laughs> you, know, you know, another another synchronicity in today's programming was on Ani Avedisian again. And again, remember this July 24th of 2019. And I just happened to be playing replays of her first show as I'm going from one all the way up to a hundred here and she got to talking remember the last show we were on we well we talked about background people but I said that I my question I had a question which was all, all ever since I started thinking about stuff was that we we have so many more people here now than we did when I was born where are all do all those people have souls and who's making all these souls i mean i i that was a legitimate question that i had you know where who's making all these souls so anyway um so ani's got this show from 2019 july 24 um and she started talking about the fact that there was like these original souls and those original souls are making other souls to do more experiencing so there might even be layers of souls <laughs> but the fact that she even talked about it and she's talking as a shaman was uh 
really interesting. And that was before Jan's show. So, anyway, it's a, it's a small world we live in. <laughs> it's definitely getting more and more complicated. The trending principle invented by Nancy Hopkins. What's that? What's that, Walt? The trending principle. You know how you always point it up when things are trending? Yes. Yes, true. <laughs> Isn't Very that good. one of the rules of uh, cosmic reality? Rule well, number 32 or something? The trending principle? <laughs> well, it, it sort of goes with the concept of thought, that there is no coincidence or, or synchronicity. It's thought, thought and action. So somebody starts thinking about, you know, okay, background people. Granted, it was it, when, when by the time that Dolores got out there, there were other people semi talking about that. And I think I can't remember when it was that, you know, 2019 or something. But they, they were thinking about it. it. She was thinking about it, and a few other people were. But it's taken this long. For it now to get traction in some of the, uh, well, people like me, people like uh, uh, John Knowles and others who are starting to talk about this concept of an infinite number of souls, which is another cosmic reality thing. Um, so, yeah, there's an infinite number of souls. Are, what are all these people doing here that, you know, we don't have enough souls for? It's just a numbers game. Uh, you know, I went so far as to think, well, we're also killing off a lot of animals. Maybe those animals are turning into souls that can somehow or another then go into the 3D body of a human. I didn't know. Searching for answers in an unanswerable universe because you got to kind of figure it out as you go through it. Anyway, we're down to... Uh, just three minutes sort of here. Um, is anything anybody did, wanted to say that they didn't? Yeah. I've been saying for years, well, watch Terminator if you want to see what they're doing because they're telling us in Terminator what they want to do. Years ago they did that. So nothing that goes on with AIs today surprises me. <laughs> Even those and while I'm talking, I'll say, don't. Go ahead. Even this what? Those vacuums uh, roll around on the floor, they take pictures of you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, while I'm talking, I want to say goodbye to y'all. I want to say thank you for listening. And I do want to repeat what I did last week. Um, thank you so much to the person who helped me with Walt. Thank you so much. And I'm sending you a special love blanket. But don't forget love blankets, y'all. Bye-bye. Walt, do you want to say goodbye? Okay, thank you for being here with us, and it's been a very exciting show. Have a super weekend. Bye-bye. Okay, Mona, we got two minutes to talk. <laughs> Well, I think people need to learn to trust themselves and do placate to the service of humanity because it will help them. You know, it'll help us all because the babies really need it. I mean, this is an important time that if we can't love the babies and help take care of the babies, who's going to take care of us? 
And until we can learn that it's all give and take, we're screwed. So, and I don't trust AI or that Alexa crap either. I don't trust it for shit. <laughs> I told the story about Siri and my phone. You know, one day I said, oh, let me ask the question to Siri instead of going through Google and all that. So I asked the question and the answers that she came up with were so friggin' lame that my response was, was, well, that's an effing response on your part. And then the next thing I know, she says in this creepy voice, that was not nice. Oh, my God, I've never used that serious thing again. It's like having this creature in my phone. That, that happened to the landlord's phone yesterday when he says, oh, man, this sucks. And she says, that's not a nice thing to say. Yeah. Both looking at each other like, oh my gosh. Yeah, and the other thing was when a friend and I, friend, I said she was going shopping and she was going to find some leggings. So I, I asked her what kind of leggings and blah, blah, blah. So we have this little conversation. When I got off the phone and I went over to Facebook to do something, there was an ad for leggings there. Tell me that's not creepy. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, very creepy. Anyway, um, we will see you on Tuesday. We've got the uh, Shungite show and, of course, the Chronicles, and then we have Cosmic Reality. Thank you, Mona, for being here. We always appreciate it. Thank you, Walt. Thank you, Dolly. And thank you all out there that are our listeners. Be safe. That's right. Say what? Say what radio show with no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong.